on, I want to hear your worship. Come on, let your worship saturate the atmosphere. We pray for you tonight. Oh God. Oh God. Hey, everybody. Good afternoon to each and every single one of you. Thank you so much for joining me. Today is Wednesday, and you know what that means. It is our day. It is our day to be ministered to as women, to be encouraged, to be inspired. Now, let me hit, let me just share this with as many people as I possibly can. Give me one second. Hallelujah. Okay, all right. There we go. Tune in now. Just sharing with as many people as I possibly can. And I see we got somebody logged in. Let me just make sure I got this shared to my mom. This is everything that I have to do because I love my people. Wouldn't be able to do this without them. So grateful for them. Okay. This is it. All signed in. Everything working. Praise the Lord. Hi, guys. So awesome to see you guys. I see you're coming in hot. You're tuned in. Again, it's so awesome to have you on here with me. I saw my mother-in-law was tuned in. Hey, Mama, Reverend Paulette Burroughs is tuned in. And also somebody else is tuned in as well. And so we're just giving people time to log in. But y'all, it is Wednesday afternoon. Um, it's uh, right here in the island of Bermuda. It is 2 p.m. But um, no matter what time it is, wherever it is that you're logging in from, welcome, welcome, welcome. So awesome to see each and every single one of you. And like I said, we're just giving people a bit more time to chime in. Um, and while we are doing that, go ahead, hit your share button as many times as you possibly can. I must have shared with at least seven people already. So go ahead, hit that share button if you feel comfortable. Let's get the word out to as many people as we possibly can. And then we are going to get started because, boy, does God have something to speak to our hearts on today. Last week, we had tackled the subject of unforgiveness. That can always be a sticky subject because so many of us, you know, we have been hurt. Yes, you have been hurt. That is normal. That, that comes with life. But the problem with that is 
Uh, if you don't learn how to move on from that hurt, it can stifle you. You never want to be stuck in a place where you're holding grudges, where you are holding on to offense. Wouldn't be surprised if we end up talking about that again on today. But you never want to be stuck in a place where you are holding on to grudges and where you are holding on to offense because it does not affect the person that you are holding that against. It affects you. And at the end of the day, what we want for our lives is to be thriving. We always want to be increasing. We always want to be moving forward. But as I stated last week, these are the things that can hinder us. And so you have to understand that the way that the spirit, the way that your spirit works is it should always be increasing. It should always be growing. We're, we don't know who the author of the book of Hebrews is. <clears throat> but one thing that I love about that particular book is that in it, he was explaining to the people the foundation of Christianity. He was explaining to the people what all Christ did when he came to the earth, when he went to the cross, when he died for our sins, what all we uh, gained access to because he went through all of that and because he resurrected. But then this man messed around and said, he messed around and said, but you can't understand that because you are still on the milk. Let me tell you something. One thing that will keep you on the milk is when we decide to live according to our flesh and live according to our desires and not according to our spirit. Come on, women, we've already tapped in. If you're logging in or if you're jumping on, hey, 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 so awesome to see each and every single one of you. But yes, one thing that we have to understand is that one of the ways that we stifle our growth is when we live according to our desires. And so we have to understand that when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we said to ourselves, we are no longer in control of our lives, but we give it over to him. And so, you know, that sounds easier said than done because we know that in life, you're going to come across temptations. You are going to have moments of weakness. We know that in life, you are going to run across some moments where you are going to renege, where you are going to want to renege on that vow. But in those moments, you have to remember what you said that you would do for the Lord. Okay. Now we got that part. Well, the people in the book of Hebrews, they could not get past that part. And unfortunately they were not able to move on to a deeper revelation and understanding of what God placed them in the earth to be. Come on. Can I tell you that this is what unforgiveness and bitterness and offense will cause you to do in your, or will cause your spirit to do. It will cause it to stop growing. It will cause you not to be able to understand the deeper things. We understand the cross. We're thankful for the cross. We understand that we would not be here if it was not for the cross. But how many of you understand that there is a deeper revelation that God wants us to go into after we understand and embrace the cross? And it's unfortunate because this is 
the place where the enemy has us stuck at. We can't move past the, we can't move past understanding the cross or we can't move into the deeper because we have hindrances on the inside of us. Well, we talked about that last week and God had me pray a prayer over the people. And um, it would not shock me if we kind of dive over into that a little bit on this week. <clears throat> and so in God, we are learning how to grow. Okay. Sorry, I had to take my water break right there, y'all. Water is good. Hallelujah. Drink lots of water, ladies, so you won't cramp in the middle of the night. And so... <laughs> <clears throat> One thing that we have to understand, not not only, uh, you know, do we have to understand the way that this, our spirit is always increasing and growing, but we also have to understand how the body works. The body is always supposed to be growing. The body is always supposed to be taking in and giving out. We take in food and then our body gets rid of the waste. Our body gets rid of, you know, anything that will cause the body that will cause the body to go into sickness. Our body processes it and then it gets rid of it. When those things are not happening, it is an indication that something is wrong. And so, you know, those of us mothers that have children, you know, even if you're just living life, you know, when, when, when something is not right in your body, when you lose appetite, and this is what unforgiveness and bitterness and offense and fear, we're going to tackle, go over into that in a little bit. This is what unforgiveness, bitterness, and offense can keep you from doing. It can cause you to lose your appetite. And where there is no appetite in the body of Christ, where there is no hunger in the body of Christ, I can guarantee you that something has been stopped. Something has been stunted. And so this is the reason why you can go to a church 10 years ago. You can look at how they do a service. You can look at, you know, the growth of the church, see how the vision is coming along. But when they lose their appetite, I can guarantee you, you can go right back to that church and you can see that they're at the same place in their growth. They're at the same place spiritually. Nobody is able to comprehend and grasp a hold of the deeper things in God. And so when this happens, it is an indication that something that something is wrong. Something has crept into the body. There is a virus that has crept into the body and there needs to be an immediate flush of that virus. Well, I'm saying all that to say that unforgiveness and offense and bitterness can be a virus to you. You're sitting up here and you're hating people that did you wrong 20 and 30 years ago. You're still holding grudges against them. You can't look at them in their eye when you pass them on the street. You can't talk to them when you're in church and you think that you're hurting them. Baby, you ain't hurting them. They're hurting you because what it's doing is it's causing you to never be able to look ahead. 
It's causing you to never be able to focus on what's next. You're always thinking about what they're doing. You're always thinking about what they're saying. You know, whenever they make a statement on Facebook, you're always thinking, oh, I know that they're talking about me. Let me tell you something. I read one of the greatest Facebook posts that I have ever read in my life. Heal so you won't think that every Facebook post that somebody writes is about you. You have to heal so you won't believe that everything that someone that you're not too fond of, everything that they're writing has nothing to do with you. I'm telling you that healing is imperative in this hour because God is wanting you to move forward. Not only is healing imperative, not only is releasing people, releasing bitterness, releasing offense. Come on. That is one thing that the spirit of God told us in Matthew 24, that we would see a rise of is offense in the last days. He told us, Jesus said that you will see people get offended like never before in the last days. And can I tell you that that's happening? Girl, you can't say nothing without offending. If you call somebody a her, they get offended. If you call somebody a him, they get offended. If you don't use a pronoun, people get offended. What in the world? My God, if you refer to me, if you refer to me as something that I don't like to be referred to, I get offended. But the, but the, here's the thing. Jesus said when he stepped on the scene, he said that I came to offend everybody. So we have to understand that offense is not something that you are supposed to be. It is not something that you are supposed to be hindered by, but offense is really an entry point for you to shift over into a greater mindset. Jesus, when he came up against the religious system, he did it on purpose. Come on, I wasn't planning on going here today, but it sounds like we're when he came up against the religious system, he came up against it on purpose. He wanted to offend them because he wanted to get them to see that the way that or the, the level of thinking or the, the level that I'm calling you to when it comes to your mindset is not the level that you are on. We are not on the same minds or on the same level. And in order for you to understand the kingdom of God, I need for you to, I need for you to rethink. That's what repentance or the word repent literally means. It means to rethink. Repentance has nothing to do with saying, I'm sorry. Have you ever seen a toddler do something in the, in your, have you ever seen a toddler do something? And when you bring it to the toddler's attention, they say, I'm sorry, but probably in the next hour or so, they're going to go back and do the same thing again. One thing that my oldest son used to love to do when he was a toddler, he would love to go into the kitchen and pull out every drawer and start removing every spoon, every utensil that was in the drawer. And then he would go into the, he would go into the cupboards and he would begin to start removing the pots and pans. And I must have spent all day telling him, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Stop. I'm sorry, mama. I won't do it again. And then he would go right back the next 
next day and do it again. Repentance has nothing to do with saying I'm sorry. Because if you base repentance on saying I'm sorry, there is a great possibility that you will do it again because you never you never thought to yourself, okay, why am I doing this? Why do I keep falling for the same okie doke? How come I keep falling into the same situation? How come I can't never get paid? You never took the time to rethink, to shift your mindset. So the word repent, not only does it mean to rethink, but it also means to morph. Come on, you thought that Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came up with that on their own. No, they got that from the Bible. It also means to morph. It means to change. You know when someone has truly been in the presence of God because their whole mindset, their whole thinking process has shifted. They have morphed. And now what they think in their mind about life and what they think in their mind about themselves now they are beginning to become. Now they are walking out that mindset. Now I am walking in what I believe because as a man thinketh in his heart, so shall he be. And so, and so we have to understand that offense is an entry point for you to go into your next. But what happens is a lot of people, they get offended and they stay there, especially people in the body of Christ. Come on, I'm telling you how to get to your next this afternoon, this morning. I'm telling you how to go beyond where you are. It is possible that you have been stuck at the place where you are because you are holding on to grudges and you are holding on to offense when we are supposed to be releasing it constantly. Yes, I know that they hurt you. I know that they talk to you like a dirty dog, but really God is using that person to train you for greater. Because let me tell you something, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, if you want to make an impact in the earth, if you believe that you are called to be a woman of leadership, you have to be prepared to be offended every day. Because there is always going to be someone that is not going to be in agreement with what you're doing. Even if you have fasted and you have prayed and you have heard from the Lord, there will always be someone that will try to contest what the spirit of God has told you to do. And so at that moment, what are you going to do as the leader? Are you going to get mad at them? Are you going to throw a hissy fit? Are you going to try to try to get back at them? Well, let me figure out a way on how I'm going to try to get back at them. Let me try to come up with a way. Oh, let me try to come up with a with a clap back. Oh yeah, this will get them. If I say something about if I say something about this, I know that that'll get them. But we have no clue that when we operate in that type of mindset, it causes us to remain stuck. It hinders us from moving forward. And the problem with that is the danger with that is that I don't know if you guys know this or not, but next week we are moving into the halfway point of the year. We are already halfway done with 2023. Time does not wait for you. 
Time is always moving. And when we allow these blockages to remain in our heart, when we allow the spirit of offense, because it is a spirit, let me tell you something. There is nothing godly about you being offended with somebody that God has commanded you to love. He even commands us to bless our enemies. Come on, there is nothing godly with you holding a grudge against someone that God has commanded you to love, that God has commanded you, God has commanded you to release them. There ain't nothing godly about you holding on. Let me see. I'm just, I'm just every time she walks in, I'm going to roll my eyes at her. Every time that she says something, I'm going I'm to smack my teeth. I'm going to let her know that you mess with the wrong one. You're not hurting her because I guarantee you she ain't thinking about you. That's what the enemy does. You know, the enemy will convince you that if you do this and if you say it like this, they're going to feel hurt and they're going to know that they mess with the wrong one. Meanwhile, this person that you're clapping back at, this person that you are holding a grudge against, they're getting promoted. They're starting their own business. Come on. They're getting married. Come on here, somebody. They're finding love again. They're being restored. They're up in church worshiping for real while we're sitting up here trying to trying to come up with a way on how we're going to get back at them because they, they should have known that they they. They got to know that they shouldn't have, they should, you can't talk to me like that. Who do you think you are? No, who do we think that we are? And so at the end of the day, we have to be careful. We have to be careful that we, that we separate ourselves from this type of mindset because it will hold us back every time. It will keep us from understanding the more. There is a story that I've been studying, uh, I, I want to say for about two months now in John chapter six, the Bible says that Jesus just got through finish healing masses of people. Thousands of people were coming out and they were being set free from infirmities. Miracles were popping off left and right. And while people were seeing the works that Jesus was doing, they were saying to themselves, I don't know who this man is exactly, but wherever it is that he's that he goes, I've got to be there. So the Bible says in John chapter six, that a day came when Jesus and the 12 disciples, they went off into the boat and they went to the other side and the people, they went looking for him. They was like, you can't do all those miracles. And then the next day, not tell us where you are. We want to see what else you got. And the Bible says that the people loaded in boats and went to the other side. And when they saw Jesus, they was like, why didn't you tell us that you was going to be here? And the Bible says that Jesus began to talk to them about what communion looks like. Okay. Now, when we were re when we read the scripture, we see that Jesus was talking in parables to them. And as a matter of fact, the Bible says that when he was speaking, they did not understand what he was saying. They thought that he was talking to them about becoming a cannibal. 
And the Bible says that the same people that were looking for him and that was hungry for him and that was ready to follow him everywhere, those same people got up and left and never came back and said that this man is a heretic. And the Bible says that Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, okay, now are you going to leave too? What happened in that scripture? Why did Jesus talk to them like that? Well, he was trying to bring them into the deeper things, but here we go. Offense kept them from walking through the door. And so now they are, they were at a moment where God wanted to bring them into a deeper level of life. God wanted to bring them into a deeper, into a deeper dimension in him. And they could not grasp it because it did not sound the way that they thought that it should sound. And offense set in and offense made them believe that it is better for them to walk away than for them to stand there and try to understand what he was saying. And the Bible says that when he turned to his 12 disciples and asked them, will you leave too? Peter said this, he responded by saying, Lord, your words are eternal. In other words, the reason why the 12 were able to continue walking with Jesus is because there was no offense found in them. We see that you do things differently. We see that you have a different mindset. We see that you are here to bring us into that level of thinking, to bring us into the mindset, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We see what you're doing. And even though it, it goes against all protocol, it goes against everything that we've been taught. We see that this is, uh, we see that this is the new wine. And because they did not get offended, they were able to see it. Come on, let me tell you something. Offense blinds you.